0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show.
1: I think what I'm seeing right now in terms of the leaders that I've been coaching and working with is that, um, is that some of the strategies that that worked in the office, um, they've been doing their best to try and apply them in this new remote or hybrid uh, kind of environment. And some of the strategies that used to work in the office aren't working anymore. And so, um, so I think when we're thinking about leadership moving forward, you know some of the most important characteristics, um, like are 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 that ability to adapt and and be flexible. You know if we if we had to sort of uh, um, create a little bit of a hierarchy, you know just that ability to be flexible and adaptable, while they're building that trust and rapport and staying uh, people focused uh, within it.
0: Candace's passion for connecting people, building stronger organizations and communities has been her why for over 20 years. As an HR professional with a social work, mental health, and fintech background, she has a large and diverse toolbox to draw on to support the pursuit of healthy workplaces and great candidate experiences. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. Very happy to be chatting today with my Canadian friend, Candace. How are you, Candace?
1: I'm good, Enrique.
0: Nice to be here. Uh, thank, thank you so much for joining me, and very, very excited to have a conversation about all things remote mm-hmm. leadership, culture, the new frameworks of work, how we're gonna be doing what we need to do when everybody's working from home. So, so let me let's just be work our, our way into this conversation, beginning here, leadership, which has dramatically transitioned to a another way of uh, working a different model. Now that a lot of the employees, a lot of the workers from the creative or the knowledge economy are working from home. What is that evolution of leadership? What, what's the new kind of leader that we are going to be seeing emerging in these times of remote work?
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> no, we're starting out easy. Hey. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So, I mean, I, I think what I'm seeing right now in terms of the leaders that I've been coaching and working with is that, um, is that some of the strategies that that worked in the office, um, they've been doing their best to try and apply them in this new remote or hybrid uh, kind of environment. And some of the strategies that used to work in the office aren't working anymore. And so, um, so I think when we're thinking about leadership moving forward, you know, some of the most important characteristics um, like are, are, are that ability to adapt and, and be flexible. You know, if we, if we had to sort of uh, um, create a little bit of a hierarchy, you know, just that ability to be flexible and adaptable while they're building that trust and rapport and staying uh, people-focused uh, within it, I had um, a coaching conversation with uh, a CTO of a, a company in Poland, and uh, and what he said to me was, you know, in the office I used to just make everybody go into the boardroom and make them stay there until I got my point across. So now that everybody's at home and I can't do that anymore, I got up my game. And I need to figure out how to try and, and, learn new strategies. And so, you know, in many, many ways, leaders are needing to go back to the basics. And, you know, I, I don't know how many of us remember those, those early days where it's like, you know, that learning curve is steep and, and we're trying our best to figure out like, which of these things that I try is going to move which needle. And there's so many needles I need to be moving right now. Where do I even start? And so, um, and that's stressful. Yeah. That's super, super stressful. And so, um, so that ability to focus less on, on the tactics and more on that adaptability, the learning focus, and really, really, really prioritizing trust and relationships.
0: Absolutely. You know there. What, <laughs> one of the things that at the beginning of March of 2020, when the pandemic hit the hardest North America. Uh, One of the things that I was telling both leaders, but also people doing some kind of uh, in-person work, I I, I mentioned when now that you're transitioning to the remote uh, uh, online world, do not copy and paste what you were doing in the in-person world onto the remote world, because it won't work. As simple as that. Just I, I I and I I used to give an example, which is you know the single mother who used to take the kids to to school, drop them out at school at say 7:30 a.m. and then go to the office and be available for meetings and anything else starting at 8:30 a.m. That's not true anymore because now this mother has to homeschool their children, uh, her children. Perhaps connect them to, uh, you know, online online school, and the times are completely different. So if you were expecting that person to be available for meetings at eight thirty in the morning, they are not anymore, and not because they don't want, but because everything in their own life has also changed the same way work changed. So uh, I, the, the big recommendation was we gotta have we gotta figure this out. Nobody knows exactly how it's gonna look like, but you can't do. The same things you were doing in the in-person world in in the remote world.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great point. I mean, you know, I uh, in another coaching conversation uh, w- with an HR leader, um, she was saying that her VP was super concerned about um about uh, work-life wellness mm-hmm. and just you know that noticing that emails are coming in at 3 a.m and you know or that things are happening all all around and and so you know the idea was maybe we could talk to it and get them to shut everybody's systems off um at a certain time so they actually can't work and so so but you know obviously the hr person was going whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> we one size does not fit all and yeah. and so just because that is the kind of strategy that might help and and for for some people it's just like not even having access then forcing people to be present with their families and so on yeah. you know just to your point 3 a.m might be the time when this person can get up and actually knock off a couple of hours Worth of emails or work on a project, go to bed for a couple more hours, wake up, do breakfast with the kids, and you know all this kind of stuff. And so, so one size does not fit all. And um, and as leaders, you know, where we were, many in many ways, able to be somewhat passive in our responses and just sort of allow. You know, when we need to develop an individualized report, then we'll we'll do it if we have to. Yeah. Um, that's not the case now, leaders need to identify what are the needs of the individuals that I'm leading, what's gonna work and, and what, I'm, uh, what I'm seeing and hearing and supporting um, you know, and a number of leaders with is, is actually going, going back to developing some of those charters, like you know, developing those charters amongst, um, amongst teams. What are the agreements that, that we are going to make between one another about what's okay and what's not, what's gonna help people to be well. And uh, uh, Work Evolution, which is a group of organizational psychologists that I consult with, um, they have talked about uh, like shifting the language from work-life balance to work-life wellness. Mm. And, um, and for many of us in these times, that's the goal. Balance, it, it's, it's too elusive.
0: We, it's, imba- it's imbalanced
1: none of us understand it right now. I I don't have a hot clue what, what balance means right now. Wellness, that's a conversation I can have. Yeah, that's a conversation. And that's something I can, I can reflect on. Am I well? Am I healthy? Am I, is my family well? Is, are things well with my workplace? Are they well with my team? And so, so sometimes, and, and, language becomes so, so important in this time, but this is another piece that as leaders, we can, we can start to lean into and, and to just try on some new language.
0: You know, it's um, so important uh, that we definitely keep an eye and a, and a keen focus on people's wellness, especially when we're going through so much disruption that I think, I honestly don't think how we're going to, how, how are we making it, honestly? You know, I, I see all that's yeah. happening and I am thinking, how are we making it? How are we even surviving, you know, pandemic, election, political divisiveness and all this stuff going on in the world, right? It's a, it's a, it's a testament to human resilience, mm-hmm. but also a, a call to action for us to become more human. And I connect that with something that you said that I, I've always considered it a, a, a principle of work, but it has not truly been that in reality, which is the one size does not really fit all. And we try to do it at work. It does not work. I, I, myself, I, I usually put myself as an example. You know, I am, I wake up at three in the morning. I am extremely productive in the morning, but after 2 PM, I want to sign off. I want to go to the mounds and get my running. That's, that's the way I, I, I get, productivity. But when I was at work, I needed to be in the office from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. because they didn't give a damn about what was my productive life cycle every day, if you will. So I think this pandemic and I think the fact that so many people are working from home has created more awareness about the fact that one size really does not fit all because everybody's going through a, the experience of the pandemic in a, in a very different way. And we're going to be very aware mm-hmm. and, and mindful about that. Something else that you commented on, Candace, is the, the the needles that leaders need to be moving. And I want to ask you, I want to focus on this one second. There's so much going on and there's so little capacity to manage it all. And I want to ask you, what are the two or three things that you think business leaders, HR leaders should be keeping uh, their eyes and their hearts and their minds focused on in 2021?
1: Um, great question, Enrique. You're, of course, you're a very good question asker, but, um, (laughs) I, uh, the thing I'm, I'm super focused on right now, uh, is trust, Mm -hmm. um, trust, psychological safety, right? And so, um, they are not the same. Um, they're very, very, very interconnected, but, um, but how we do that uh uh in the midst of people working from anywhere Mm. or people working apart um and what's required of leaders in order to develop and maintain um trust is is absolutely critical if trust is broken or if there's a sense of trust being broken and the trust goes both ways right and so and this is where um where agreements between leaders and their and the individuals on their teams is so 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 important, and uh, um, I liken trust. And in many ways, retention and, you know, I, I use this in a number of different ways, but like a Pac-Man game. <laughs> and so um, so hopefully, you know, everybody who's listening has played Pac-Man, um, but uh, but we're always moving. We have this yeah. objective in our minds as HR leaders, we're the Pac-Man. And so our, our objective is to eat all of the little dots and to, and to make our way in every single corner of what's in our screen, right? We need to touch every single corner and every single piece. Yeah. Meanwhile, there are these pardon me, these ghosts that are chasing us around and they are always moving. And sometimes one comes out of left field and we got to start at the beginning again. And so, and so I think when it comes to trust and when it comes to employee engagement, and when it comes to retention, we need to be mindful of where some of these ghosts might be moving around. As as HR leaders, I mean, you know, if if there's a sense on the one hand that we can't trust our people, then why is that? And and so this comes to, um, you know, this relates to results-only work environments and and uh, you know the fact that in in offices we uh, we would measure hours that butts are in seats. Yeah. So. Now, we, this, is, this is not the way. So, yeah. so but in order for a results-only focus to be successful, there needs to be trust. And so what are the ways that we're gonna um, develop that trust? What are, are, what, are, what are the threats to trust? And what are, what are the, those expectations? And so related to that also is clear leadership and expectations. Upping our game, I would say a critical competency that's related to trust is communication. Yeah, you were gonna say something there. I've got more to say about communication, but I don't want to miss what you were gonna say.
0: Well, actually, I was exactly going in that direction. I wanted to ask you, okay. how do we build trust, especially, yeah. especially in those organizations where trust has not been really the name of the game? It has not been a a natural sort of principle that that is uh, lived and and breathed in the organization. So. How do we build it? What do we need to do? Uh, where do we start?
1: Yeah. So the first thing that I think we need to start with is is that. Oh, sorry.
0: I missed you in there one second. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Candace? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: I, yeah. Not sure what happened there. Um. So. Um. So. Uh, In terms of of building trust, what we need to do is we first and foremost need to uh, have clear leadership and expectations. So um, so we need to to be crystal, crystal clear about what are the things that, what does success look like? What what are the expectations in terms of availability for uh, for meetings or, or times that people are expected to be online and available? Um, so when, when we're communicating though, we need to become experts in both synchronous and asynchronous communication. And so, and so, you know, using again, another example of, of, a person that I was talking with, they, um, they were saying, you know, um, I don't, I'm not a great writer. I'm, I'm good at getting in front of people and getting my point across, but when it comes to like, actually spelling out what my expectations are, I'm, I'm not good at it. And so one of the strategies that this person decided to try and put in place for himself was actually to write himself a bunch of templates that would help uh-huh. to guide him through. I know it's like super old school, but <laughs> but these are the things like, and and the, the email templates looked like, dear so-and-so, I hope you had a good week, weekend day, like whatever. Like he actually filled it out. So, but that he could humanize yeah. his communication because typically he was a very short, uh, blunt kind of communicator. And so um, so upping our game in terms of setting those clear leadership, uh, providing that clear leadership and expectations, but then asking people what their preferences are and trying to not just model the way but also ask people you know what are your preferences you know um when do you want to be texted when do you want us to maybe communicate through slack what are what are the times and ways that that um how do you feel about video and sometimes you know a lot of leaders when it comes to video being on camera or off camera like there's a lot of sense of like if people aren't on camera then it means that they're multitasking and they're not present well or maybe they're an introvert who finds cameras really really, really draining yeah. And so are there and so creating some of these opportunities where we can have the conversation and actually talk about those preferences or talk about um, you know what are the things that that fill you? what are the things that drain you? and what are the things or that energize you or that drain you? Um, and making some of those agreements together uh, can be so important. Now, on the side of the workers, we need to teach our workers how to behave and work in ways that help to also engender that trust yeah. and, to, and to reciprocate that. You know, um, I've heard uh, some workers who were just like, on the one hand, maybe concerned about the fact that like, if they don't see me working am I out of sight, out of mind? Am I going to be overlooked for, uh, for promotions? Or, you know, this project I'm working on is actually going to take me a full week, but like, I might not have anything to report for a week. So if I'm showing up saying not done yet, not done yet, not done yet, like, how do I, how, how do workers make sure that, um, that the, that their managers or that their leaders know that they're working? And so, finding ways and making agreements that, that workers can be working out loud without it being weird and without it being like, you know, too much or too little.
0: You know, you, you, you mentioned the example of video and we, we could think that is so mundane. I mean, who cares about who is connected on, on camera or not, but it's interesting to think that those small things Are the things that make a difference in the way people are uh, working from home today, in the way they, uh, like you said before, in the agreements that they are building with others, in the way they relate to their, uh, with their uh, bosses and, and, and whatnot. So to me, one very powerful element is to not disregard something because it sounds mundane or small, but rather make sure that if there is something that you think may be affecting uh, the way people are working, you are addressing and you are being open to, to having the conversations about those things. And, and the video thing is just great because there are, I, there, there are people who, it's not that they don't want to be in the camera. It's just that they, their kids are running around and they don't want to be showing the kids on the camera. And maybe for the boss, it is like, this is awful. But once you have the open, honest conversation, the boss says, I understand you. Don't, don't worry. I know you're there. I don't mind if you're not in the camera, but I know the reasons for that now. Um, so let me, let me, I know this is related to sort of this next topic, but I want to switch gears here a little bit and talk about the meaning of a remote first culture. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? What does it mean? Yeah. And, and if you can be very sort of specific about the way people see it, when they see a leader who says, Hey guys, if you're not on camera, that's okay. I know you're still there. What elements are making that first, uh, you know, um, uh, remote first culture?
1: Um, so, uh, so I think first of all, we need to just like sort of define culture and, and talk about like, what is culture? I think we've, we've done, you know, a good job in loading a lot of our leaders lips with the talk of like, we need to be concerned about culture, but when, when, <laughs> when, um, uh, when we talk about culture, like, I, I don't think we're always necessarily talking about the same thing. And so, so culture, um, culture is, is, are those things that, that tend to be stable over time and stable across organizations. So, um, so sometimes when people talk about culture, they're talking about oral, our culture is beer fridges and, you know, foosball tables and ping pong tables and, and uh, brightly colored walls with like huh. the mission statement on it. And that's our culture. That's not the culture <laughs> the the culture is um, those commonly held beliefs and values and assumptions and ways of operating that um, that we all agree on and and that tend to be stable across the organization so that is culture and so um, you know some of these other things can be artifacts or symbols um, that that um, that help to spell out. So if fun is something that's that's part of our culture, then you know these other things can can be symbols or or ways that we play that out. And so, I think you know first and foremost we need to get super clear about what culture is. Now related to culture is also climate. Yeah. And so uh, so when we talk about team climate or we talk about the climate within an organization, climate not unlike when we think about climate in other ways is kind of like how's the weather out there right <laughs> like and so what's the temperature and and climate shifts and moves across teams or or moments in time and seasons and so um and so when we understand what culture really is then that's a key piece to looking at a remote first culture is to be crystal clear about what are these things that are st- that are stable over time and across the organization. What are what are the things that that are commonly held across departments, across individuals? They're the things that we talk about when on onboarding. The things that we that we screen for. They're the things that we um, and that we hold true to. And so that when there's when there's pieces that are offside, then that's what we want to look at when we look at when we look at fit. Yeah. So remote first, then takes that view of you know so if these six things are or five or whatever doesn't matter what the number is (laughs) there's no magic there but if if these are what we say are make up our culture then we need to not think about what did it look like in the office first Mm -hmm. and then how do we transport it over how do we teleport it over to to people's to people's home offices that's not it um instead what we need to do is to think about how does this look from a remote standpoint? Yeah. And so if people are not driving into a place where there's some brightly colored walls to know that it, this is a, that fun is, is one of the things that we that we really value and that are part of our culture. Um, we need to think first about when people are walking down the hallway from whatever they're coming from and the they're fridge. showing up in their day, the fridge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally then then what are how are they going to know and experience fun in the day and respect so if you know respect is is a you know is an important value that we have and it's it's also a legal responsibility when we're thinking in the lens of you know potential bullying or, or harassment which is another whole conversation but but respect so what does respect look like for each person that's showing up at their home office or their kitchen table or, or whatever. And so, so that's the shift and it's hard work yeah. and it's a lot of work and it actually impacts every single one of our processes. It affects every single, like there's, there's not a piece of what we've been doing, um, pre March that doesn't need to be reevaluated with that yes. remote, remote first lens. And I, I feel like I just want to say again, and it's hard work because in the meantime for HR leaders, um, you know, the the regular firefighting or, you know, first dating or, you know, superhero work that they were doing um, that hasn't stopped. And so then in the midst of things to have to relook at every single piece and re-engage and meanwhile, we've onboarded new people who are coming into a team maybe who knew each other really, really well when they were co-located. And so they've got a ton of trust going back to trust. How do we, how do we bring someone brand new into an environment where, where they don't have that history Yeah, and they don't have that level of rapport?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and like, like you said before is it's hard work because it requires us to truly rethink what we were doing before, and and I think this is powerful because a lot of the rethinking that we have to do hopefully is conducive to not only reframe and reimagine culture, but at the same time thinking what were the obstacles before, what were the things that were what were the things that weren't working before that we need to do differently. So, Candace, to wrap up this conversation, I want to ask no. you this question: If there is one starting point. The first thing that any HR leader or business leader should be doing right now to rethink their remote-first culture. What would that thing be?
1: One. <laughs> okay, I can give you two. Um, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think uh, I, I think the the one thing is to have an honest look at your competencies and confidence in um in communication and and building trust have an honest honest look and uh and reflect and then get a coach get a mentor find someone who can help you to look at um and then just be that thinking partner with you to help you um in, increase both your confidence and your, and your skills in, in these new ways. We did it when we were starting out in our careers and in many ways we're starting again. Yeah. And so, so we need to take that new learning posture and, um, and just be vigilant in keeping any of that fixed mindset out and just, you know, stay really, really stay in that growth mindset.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, great, great starting point because it's, uh, it's, uh, it requires us to truly step up our awareness and our capacity to say, you know what, looking at this, honestly, I, I don't think that these things were working. I don't know what the answer is, but having honest, uh, trustworthy, um, uh, you know, uh, genuine conversations with our uh, employees may help us uh, define the, the journey forward. So Candace, thank you so much for joining me in the podcast. It was great having this conversation with you.
1: Thanks for
0: having me. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.